Hi, this is Craig Valentine, host of Early to Rise Radio. Have you ever wanted to become wealthier, healthier, wiser, or just have more time to appreciate the finer things in life? On this show, we reveal what high performers are doing every day to be more successful without sacrificing their personal lives. Early to Rise Radio is sponsored by The Perfect Day Formula. Get your free copy of this game-changing success guide at freeperfectdaybook.com. Now let's get started with today's show. Coach Gavin McHale, welcome back to the show. Good to be here. Very this is going to be a lot of fun. We are going to talk about hot streaks, dry spells, imposter syndrome. Yep. And uh, becoming a mindset monster who can regulate emotions with ease because that is what a successful person needs to do. But let's start with the daily vibe check. What's your vibe, man? Yeah, well, oh, you want me? Okay, well, my vibe is inspiration. I'm feeling some inspiration from some of the other stuff we've been hearing. I'm feeling some excitement. Yeah. Lots happening. We got some clients coming into town here. We're shooting this in Cancun before our events. So lots of excitement and inspiration. That's what I'd say I'm feeling. What What is the daily vibe check? For people that don't know, that weren't on your mindset training, yeah. that haven't gone through your course, what is the vibe check? I would say it's the, the three-minute tool that you can use every day that's going to like totally reset your level of emotional awareness. So personally, I came into business having next to no emotional awareness. I would just react and I would, I had no idea what was going on. Uh, I was just either angry or happy. That was about it. So if we can become more aware of the emotions we're feeling, we can probably then get ourselves to a place of feeling better emotions and making better decisions. So there's three minutes and three steps. You want me to go through them? Yeah. I, just before we do that, I would say this is this is the the missing link, the hidden secret that nobody that hardly anybody talks about. I mean, you can call it mental toughness, right. but I think it is more than that. It is self awareness. And most people, when they go into business, they think it's you know it's sales, or it's you know they're a little more savvy and they know it's that it's lead generation and sales, mm-hmm. and then okay maybe there's some leadership involved, but they don't realize how important the whole concept of emotional regulation of themselves is, you know, and it's at every level. It's you know when you're a beginner, oh you are going to go through ups and downs that you didn't expect, and if you're only going from angry to happy, you're right. you're just going to mentally burn out. But then you get to you know when you get the levels upon levels, when you get to the next level, it's like Man, now you have to, you, um, you're like that guy from the Green Mile. You ever watch that movie? Yeah. Okay, so Michael Clark Duncan, the guy who absorbs everybody's pain. When you become the CEO of a business, uh, when you become a coach with a lot of clients, you are absorbing everybody's pain. You're absorbing everybody else's problems because who does everybody go to? They go to the person up a level when they have an emergency. And you don't have to just emotionally regulate for yourself. You know how you know have to emotionally regulate almost exponentially. Absolutely. So that's why this is so important. So the daily vibe check is something that you know you you brought to us and to our coaching community. Um, I, I had never heard of it, never thought of it. Walk us through when to do it, how you do it, how you go from bad to good, and everything in between. Yeah. So you can do it at any time. This is the best part about it. It takes less than three minutes, mm-hmm. and you can. It's three questions. When do you do it? Do it at any time. I do it every single day to start my day. Got it. It's my non-negotiable for journaling, mm-hmm. which is if I, even if I am starting to write my journal and I go, I have nothing to say today. I do not want to journal. I'll do my vibe check and just write these, write the answers to these questions. But the best part is, is if you do it proactively like that, when you don't need to regulate your emotions as much, 
you can become aware enough and get, it's like practice. You can get better at it so that when, you know, three kids are going crazy in your house or when sales aren't going well, or when your team is coming to you with problems, you can better regulate your emotions quicker and then make better decisions instead of reacting to a problem, you can respond mm -hmm. and you can, you can come from a better place. So, so I'll do it every morning simply because I came into it not being very good at this. That's how I learned it was a coach taught me because I sucked at it. I, I couldn't regulate my emotions very well. So it's three questions. And the first question is literally, what am I feeling? What emotion or emotions am I feeling? So I said, when you ask me, I'm feeling inspiration. I'm feeling excitement. That's enough. That's fine. I like to use feelingswheel.com, which is like a free website with just a wheel of feelings on it. But if you have a little more emotional awareness, you can just ask yourself the question. So, so, you go, so if you go to wheelofeelings.com and there's, would there be like a hundred things on this wheel? I think it's a circle of, there's like four or five base things in the middle and then it kind of goes out. So yeah, there's maybe like 40 or 50. Yeah, because most people, it's like it's like me writing an email. Like I, I use the word amazing 23 times, right? So <laughs> so the base is like, you're happy, you're sad, you're angry, yeah. you're excited. And then, and then, and then you can break those down. There. Okay, so, so if somebody's listening to this, well, I mean, I either wake up, you know, excited or like just normal. Well, now you can see like there's probably different varying levels for it. Absolutely. It'll help somebody expand their vibe vocabulary. And vibe vocabulary. Yeah. That's good. Okay. Yeah. So, so you figure out, you know, you figured out that inspirational is one of these things and yeah. And you go to that website and you kind of narrow it down. And what's the importance of narrowing it down from just like, yeah, I'm feeling good to something more specific than that. Uh, I think the, someone once told me, you know, notice a name. So when you notice it and when you name it, it gives you this piece that, okay, well, I've named the thing. So even if it's bad, it's not as scary, mm -hmm. right? If it's good, if it's bad, we're taking away the like story that we're telling about it in our head. It's just like, these are emotions that I'm feeling right now and I can choose to work with them. I can choose to ignore them. It takes the power away from what's happening in your head because that's, that's one of the big issues with emotions is they, they jump to the forefront, right? And they kind of take up all your bandwidth and that's scary. And then there's all of these different feelings tied in with them and all this, all these other emotions tied in. Mm -hmm. And then we start feeling a certain way because we're feeling a certain way and we're judging ourselves for feeling that way. If we can get them out of our head and go, this is what I'm feeling, write it down. It's like, oh, it's just a word. That's okay. Mm -hmm. And I can, now I can take the next step. All right. So I interrupted you. Then walk me through this. Continue walking me through the steps. So, yeah. so you've, you've gotten up. Now we know what we're feeling. Yeah. Now we know what we're feeling. This, the next question is, what does that feel like? So I'll often say this is kind of like that whole like meditation people will talk about, like dropping into the body and things like this. The reason I think it's so valuable, say, what does that feel like, like physically, is because the first thing we're going to do as high performers is start to judge ourselves for why we're feeling that certain feeling. It's like, I'm feeling sad today. Well, why am I feeling sad? I shouldn't be feeling sad. I'm wrong for feeling sad. That's stupid that I'm feeling sad. You know, all these things start swirling around. Get out of your head, get out of the logical and just kind of like get into your body. It also allows us, you know, if you've ever heard of or read the book, The Body Keeps the Score, that book says that your emotions are stored physically in your body. So it allows us to recognize, okay, if I'm feeling this way, that'll often show up this way in my body, right? Think about butterflies in your stomach mm -hmm. for feeling nervous or anxiety or things like that. Sometimes feel, people feel tension in their neck when they're feeling overwhelmed, right? This gets us out of our head. 
So you said inspirational was mm-hmm. your was your vibe to start. So what is it? What's the what's the exact question again? Yeah, how does that feel physically? Yeah, how does that feel physically? For me, inspiration physically feels like like a buzzing kind of in my chest and heart and shoulders, like uh-huh. this like excitement, excitement buzzing. That's what I feel. So I'll I'll often close my eyes and just kind of scan my body from head to toe, like one of my things. Sometimes I'll be like, oh, like my back hurts, right? Or my knees sore, right? Again, there's no rules in this, but if you can start to put some pieces together, like, oh, usually when I'm feeling excited and inspired, I'm feeling this like buzzing in my, in my chest and shoulders. And what's cool about that is you could, you could feel that way at any time. So if you choose like, okay, I want to get into like, I want to like visualize a time where I'm feeling excited, you can like visualize and get into that feeling at any moment. So the more aware we become of our feelings in the moment, it can obviously help with negative situations, but it can also help with like visualizing positive situations, visualizing things that we want, because really what we're chasing is a feeling in our body. So we can, we can shift from negative to positive emotion by, by connecting those two. By feeling it. Yeah, absolutely. And then the third question in this, in this series, so what am I feeling? What does that feel like physically? The third question is, let's use the GPS system that's in our bodies, which is our emotions and how we're feeling is a GPS system for are we in alignment with, with where we want to go and with you know, our subconscious mind and all these things. So the quest, third question is, what is this trying to teach me in the context of my life? So I'm feeling inspired. I'm feeling excited today. What this is probably teaching me is I need to be around these types of people more often because when I'm around these types of people, uh, my energy is good. I'm excited. I didn't sleep as much as I normally would last night, but I'm not feeling the effects of that at all because I'm with good people. I'm in the energy of good people. So in the context of my life, be with high, with high level people more often. What are some of the other lessons that you personally have learned from, from doing this? Like that was a, that was a really great example. Um, a big one is, is, you know, who am I with and, and my physical environment. So the people I'm with and the physical environment I'm in. So sometimes, um, I'll have to, I'll just be like, I need to just get out of the house. Right. Cause I, I, I can pretty easily just be in my office and just be working all day. So I actually have a note on my phone every day. Did you go outside today? <laughs> Did you go for a walk? I live in Winnipeg. Some days it's a little tough to go for a walk, but I'll just bundle up and go for a walk if I have to. Or I'll go to a coffee shop to just get a bit of a different vibe and get a bit of a different feel. So that's one of the other things that's taught me. Um, it's really taught me the importance of the foundational health habits of just getting my sleep, drinking enough water, right? We get on coaching calls, we get going on a creative session and we forget that we have to drink some water, right? Or we have to uh, make sure that we have three three meals a day. Like those little things that sometimes as a, as a, a hard driving entrepreneur, we just forget that's some of the things that I've been like, oh, I'm feeling like I'm feeling like hell because I didn't sleep much. I didn't drink drink much water yesterday, and I, it's noon and I had forgot to eat. You know, so those are some some. So of the will, you, will you do this multiple times throughout the day? So I'll definitely do it in the morning, and then if I'm ever feeling like a shift or I'm feeling like I'm losing some some steam, I'll do another check in. That's that's that like reactionary one where it's like, okay, I need to check in and I need where I'm at, because then I can make a shift if I need to. So we kind of covered like a really super positive example and then some kind of, you know, mundane-ish day-to-day ones. What about on the flip side when things are really bad and somebody's got a really bad vibe? So like maybe some, maybe they had some devastating news in their yeah, lives. totally. 
maybe you've helped somebody through this. Like, how does how does somebody take the vibe check and get benefit from it when they're in a place of absolute darkness? Yeah, of you know powerlessness or grief or something like that. Um, the I mean the first the first step is to recognize like it's okay to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Like I think a lot of us that are uh, you know you're watching social media and you're you want to be successful. We're like, oh, it, I'm feeling negative emotions means I'm wrong. You're not wrong. Like whatever you're feeling is whatever you're feeling like that's that is outside of your control what you do with that information is within your control so you're not wrong to be feeling a certain way so if you have you know you do your vibe check and it's very low on the you know you're you're feeling these emotions that are not that are not very helpful for you that's totally okay so that's the first thing and then you can the next step would be to take responsibility for for changing those because no matter what it is that you're feeling if you're feeling a negative emotion, it's probably not serving you. If you if you're feeling a negative emotion and you need to go and do some work or you need to go, you know, and take client calls or take sales calls or whatever. Like if you've had a negative sales call and you got to go, you know, get on the next sales call, it's not serving you. So now what you can do is uh, Abraham Hicks popularized this, and if you if you go Google emotional guidance scale Abraham Hicks, it's it's another diagram that looks kind of like a it's it's kind of like a was it a water slide you're trying to show me (laughs) (laughs) a funnel sure a funnel a two-way funnel and so you've got the negative emotions on the bottom and the positive emotions on the top um can you reach for a better feeling thought so if i'm feeling grief or fear or shame can i slowly work my way up the kind of the rungs of the ladder, so to speak. So, well, is it shame and fear and guilt or am I just feeling a little disappointed in myself or am I just feeling a little bit worried about about this or that or am I feeling a little pessimistic? Can we work our way up Mm -hmm. that ladder to just get to a better place? We don't have to be feeling joy and abundance and happiness and all of this, but can we be feeling something that's gonna help us move forward rather than I'm the victim, I have no power, I can't do anything because you always do have control over what you can do. Okay. So the entrepreneur who wakes up and they're frustrated, you know, they're in a bit of a dry spell and, you know, they're, they're fearful. They maybe feel imposter syndrome. Um, you know, maybe you've helped somebody get through this, but so how do they, how do they make those transitions? Like what have you seen is a logical jump for them to make in that situation? When you're in it, Yeah. when you're, you're waking up and you're in it. The first step in my mind is to zoom out. Zoom out, um, it can be really hard in the moment because we're like in the hurricane, right? We're in the vortex of this and, and we, you know, everything seems to be happening and it's right in front of us. Take a pause, take a breath, step back, right? Like one or two breaths, mindful breaths can be the most powerful things that you do because it just takes you out of that moment and that feeling like nothing is working and everything's going wrong and everything's bad. So take a step back because what we need to do is we need to go from subjective and emotional to a more objective observer, like a more objective place where we're observing, almost observing this thing happening from outside of ourselves, right? So if we're, if we're in a more objective place, then what we can do is we can shift from judgment to curiosity. This is one of the things I've talked to our clients about recently, that judgment and curiosity, I like to say they live next door to each other, right? Judgment is the sentence ends in a period or an exclamation part point. I suck. I'm the worst. I'm an idiot. Curiosity ends in a question mark. Am I an idiot? Do I suck? (laughs) Am I the worst? 
<laughs> it's the exact same statement. It's just a different punctuation. And it leads to our, our brains always need to solve problems. So if we give it better questions, it will solve better problems. So now instead of saying, I'm the worst and making a statement, we're saying, am I the worst? And we're asking a question. So now it can go down and try and solve that problem. So moving from judgment into curiosity is a very powerful step. Excellent. So you've done this with a lot of our coaching clients. What has it done for some people? Give us a couple of examples. Yeah. So I've got, I've got some, some client feedback here that people have talked about with the vibe check and with getting into a more uh, curiosity-based place. Um, one, one of our clients said, it, it allowed me to accept what is and recognize where it's coming from. And then what she said there is, I can now get myself out of what I'm feeling if I'm feeling negative, right? So she's, a, she's, she's got kids, she's going through a separation, she's trying to run a business, things don't always go the way she wants it to, right? This has allowed her to feel in a better place. Uh, we also had feedback from one of your friends, former clients, Mike, who said, the daily vibe check was a difference maker for me in the presentation, in the mindset presentation yeah. we did. And he said, he's taken part in lots of workshops that left him wondering if he was doing it right. And I think that's the best part about the vibe check is its simplicity. You have to ask three questions and it allows, it allows people and it allowed him to understand how I'm supposed to approach and conquer my limiting beliefs and the emotions that move from day to day life, right? Because they're going to be up and down. They're going to change based on what happens. How do you conquer this? How do you make sure that you have command of this all the time? Got it. That's very good. So, so let's go through, and, and you work with people on so many different levels. And you know, from time to time, almost everybody gets in a dry spell. Yeah. What are the mindset issues that either lead to that or keep people you know, just locked in this endless loop of not breaking free? The number one mindset issue with someone in a dry spell is they feel like it's outside of their control they go into victim mindset, right? This powerless place that, well, there's nothing I can do. It's already been written, right? And the way that we can get out of that, like the best way to get out of that is just to take radical responsibility. Because when you take radical responsibility, then you start getting curious, then you start asking questions, then you start moving to a place of being able to solve the problem, right? Because falling into the victim mindset, it's not gonna serve you in any way. Maybe you are a victim. Maybe a bunch of terrible stuff has happened, but is it serving you to just say, this is out of my control and throw your hands up? No. And that's when you get into a dry spell, it's like, oh, I've tried everything. Have you? Have you though? Or is there something else you could maybe try? So that's- What is radical responsibility? Like, how do you define that? Radical responsibility is when you probably, anyone from the outside looking in, would say, oh yeah, like that's not your fault. That's not your problem. And you would say, well, it's still my responsibility, right? So um, I, I can't remember who, who explained it, but he was explaining it on a podcast. And he said, if my wife got hit by an asteroid and killed, radical responsibility is, well, I know that there are companies that watch these asteroids and I could have maybe donated to those companies and I could have maybe you know, had, had them tracking the asteroids and made sure that we weren't in the path of those, right? That's a, a wild example, but that's, that's an example of radical responsibility, right? I know I'll, I'll bring up the, the guy who helps me out, Daniel Woodrum, right? I'll come to a meeting and I've made a mistake or forgotten to do something that he has, like, it's not his fault at all. And he'll go, you know what, Gaff? That was my responsibility. I probably should have showing you the way, or I should have made this more clear. I should have been more specific. 
that allows me to take responsibility too, right? Mm-hmm. So he's taking radical responsibility for something because that's that's what leaders do. And that's what allows you to go, well, whoever's fault it was, whoever's responsibility it is, it doesn't matter because we got to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. So let's take responsibility. And, and also, wherever the responsibility is, is where the power is, right? If you, if you take responsibility, then you take back the power to change your circumstance. I think that that is so good. It's worth saying again that... Wherever the responsibility is, that's where the power is. That's, that's correct. That's what you said, right? Yeah. Because if you don't have any responsibility for it, if you're a victim to it, then you don't have any control over it. Yeah. As soon as you take responsibility, you can take back control. Got it. Okay. So most people, they're kind of struggling. They feel like it's outside of their control. Is there anything else that's common to people that just aren't getting what they want to get? Absolutely. Um, it feels like it's never ending. Right. It feels like it's going to happen forever. Right. I'm in this state right now. Right. I've, I've, I've dry spell of sales calls or I'm not getting lead generation that I that I think that I should be. Um, I feel like it's always going to happen. And the simple the simple term is uh, is the old old adage. This too shall pass. Right. Like the good times aren't going to last forever and the bad times aren't going to last forever. There's it's going to be waves. It's going to be cycles. It's going to flow. Um, but that's one of the big things, right? Is they think that it's never going to end. Mm-hmm. And then, and then on that further to that, people think that it means something about them, right? We automatically think that this thing that's outside of me, that of course is still my responsibility. We think that that means something about us and our character. And unless you're not taking responsibility for it, it doesn't mean anything about your character. It's just an event that's happening outside of you right? The only thing you need to do is take responsibility for that and do everything you can to change it, mm-hmm. right? But we often think when things aren't going well and they haven't been going well for a while, it's like, is it me? Is this my fault? Is this a, is this a, is this a Gavin problem or is there something going on outside of this? So if you can go back to, well, it may, you know, it may not be a Gavin problem, but I can take responsibility for it. Again, we get more objective, we can get more curious and we can start to solve the problem because that's what we need to do. Right. When you're in a dry spell, you just need to solve the problem. Right. You just need to get out of the dry spell. So do what you can to put yourself in a position to do that. Awesome. And then flipping over to the other side, the people on the hot streaks, what do you see as commonalities between people that are just on a roll? Yeah, uh, they have momentum, first of all. Right. They're usually coming from a place where they've been stacking a lot of of action steps. Um, And there's a great quote from Alex Hormozzi about how important it is for confidence to stack proof. Right. Get an undeniable stack of proof that you are who you say you are, right? If you keep stacking proof and you keep stacking action steps that are going to lead to success, right? Again, forget about the outcome. Focus on the action steps. The people who are having a hot streak, who are who have a lot of momentum, they're focused on the action steps and they just keep doing the right things over and over and over again. And then all of a sudden you succeed by default. You're like, oh, I'm succeeding. Things are going well. That's great, right? And... The other thing that I've noticed about, about the people who are having success long-term is it's simpler than we often make it, right? They're doing the foundational habits that I talked about earlier. They're making sure that they sleep. They're making sure they drink water. They're making sure they eat well. They take care of themselves. They're making sure they're on time. They're like all these things, right? They're putting systems in place. It's so simple, right? But so many of us make it so much harder and so much more complicated. So the people that are having success are like, man, I don't know. It's just, it's just happening for me. It's like, okay, well, you're doing the right things and you're, in the, you're putting yourself in the right position for success. Got it. 
How do you help people who come into our coaching program who are, you know, a little slow to get going? How do you get them to take action faster? So this is something that I'm going to be talking about around imposter syndrome. And the biggest thing that imposter syndrome does to people is it stops us from taking action. We have fear of taking action. We have a fear that we're going to be do something wrong, right? Our, our, our competence exceeds our confidence, right? We have lots of competence, but we're not confident in that at all. So the two biggest things that I'm talking to people about when they need to take action faster, number one, failure the thing that you're most scared of is is just feedback. It does not mean anything about you. It does not mean you're bad or wrong. It means that you took an action that that did not have the outcome that you expected that it would have. The best part about that is you now have feedback that you didn't have before. So once I have feedback that I didn't have before, I can just reiterate, I can just tweak, I can just change my path. Now we're, we've got more information, we've got more feedback, we reiterate and we're back on the path towards success, right? So the less meaning that you put into failure, right? The less meaning of like what it means about you and the more that we look at it objectively, it's like, huh, that's interesting. There's a piece of feedback for me. The better, the quicker we're gonna be able to reiterate and take more action. And then the other thing is we have to be able to lower the action threshold. So we have to be able to lower the action threshold enough that even if we're scared, even if we feel like a fraud or an imposter, we can take the action. And what that does when we take the action is it gives us confidence that we can take the action and it gives us enough feedback for the next action. So one thing that you and I were talking about before the podcast is what you had learned or talked about recently on some other podcasts because you've been on so, so many and you really like the idea that you've been speaking with Eric Bach, who's a friend of ours, about acting your way into thinking differently. Yeah. How does somebody do that? Why would somebody do that? What's, what got you so excited about that concept? When it comes to mindset work, you always wonder, is it the chicken or the egg? Is it, I got to feel good so that I can take the action or do I take the action? And then that makes me feel good, which allows me to take more action. And so Eric relayed this from, from your friend, Jay Ferugia, which is act your way into thinking differently, right? So we need, we need some sort of action to allow us to think in a different way, right? If we think that we're not good enough, well, what is the evidence that's supporting that? And what is the evidence supporting the contrary? Like, do you have evidence that says that you're not good enough? And how are you measuring it? And then do you have evidence that says that maybe you are good enough? And how do you get more evidence? You take more action. That's how you get evidence, right? You get feedback from taking the action. So we have to take the action because not only will that lead to the feedback, but like I said, that's going to help us feel like, oh, I can take the action. And even if I fail, even if I make a mistake, even if I totally blow it, I didn't die. I'm okay. And I can take the next step. So it's just, it's exciting to me. So speaking of taking action, you're writing your book. Yes. Give us an update on where you are with that. And my goodness, what have you learned? Great lesson uh, in acting quicker. So I was, I was under the impression when I started writing a book that the hardest part about writing a book was writing. Turns out the writing part's pretty easy. The hardest part about writing a book, in my opinion, is editing, rewriting, re-editing, getting more feedback, having people tell you this is not ready, having people say you need to tweak this because I don't really understand what you're saying. You know, 
failing, so to speak. That's what editing is, is you're constantly failing and then trying to reiterate. So um, after I got, I, I did the writing process, I did the first round of edits, I thought I was done. I got some feedback from a great man named Craig Ballantyne who said, I don't think this is done. And I, I didn't know what to do with myself. So I, I stepped away from the book for probably two or three months. And when I came back, though, that's when I realized, oh, okay, like, this is part of the process that I'm going to edit it. And then it's going to be a little bit better. And then I'm going to re-edit. And then it's going to be a little bit better and then rewrite and all these things. So I'm in the process. I've, I've kind of done what I call like three rewrites where I've like rewritten parts and adjusted things mm -hmm. around and had editing and had some beta readers go in and read it and give me feedback on it. And I think I'm ready for the next phase with like a professional editor. Um, my goal is to have it out by the middle of 2024, have that thing published, printed, ready to go in my hands. So Good you enough. can hold me to that. Have you changed the title again? Oh, it's all over the place. I'm, I don't, I'm on like a working title right now. But where I'm at, one part, one part that I do like is I'm, I'm vibing on something like what to do when the hard work stops working. Because a lot of us just want to work harder, work harder, work harder. Uh -huh. What do we do when that stops working? What do we do when we can't work any harder to get any further ahead? And that's where I come in with this information. Well, I, you know, without obviously you're writing an entire book about it, but what do we do when the hard work stops, stops working? Well, hard work is, that's the external piece, right? We are, we are working hard on the thing, external validation. Um, you know, here's the thing that I'm doing, putting out into the world. What we need to do is we need to look inward and we need to look at, okay, am I working hard, but banging my head into a wall because my beliefs are not serving me? Am I working hard and just like putting in all this work, but every time something goes sideways, I run away or I quit for three months because my, I don't have any level of emotional awareness or emotional regulation. So what we need to do when the hard work stops working is we need to look inside and go, what are the, what are the pro what's the programming that I have in my brain? That's not helping me move forward fast enough. Fascinating. Let's end on the key of accountability. How has it helped uh, you and how has it helped your clients? I think accountability, we talk about it a lot. A lot of coaches talk about it a lot. Again, it's one of those that's not overly sexy, but I think it's the key to everything in terms of success. So if, if I tell somebody, if, we, if I do some work with someone on their mindset and we rework some of their beliefs and kind of like rewire their brain, but they're not accountable to going and finding evidence that, that that new belief is true over a month, over two months, over three months, then all that work we did is a waste of time. So if you don't have accountability, but you're doing a bunch of work and you're not really sure if you're doing the right work, or you've done a bunch of work up to this point and then you lose that accountability and, and maybe you stop or you leave it up to willpower and chance, you've wasted all of your hard work. So accountability is like that security blanket that allows you to keep going, right? And although it doesn't feel good at times and maybe doesn't feel like a blanket, it allows you to keep moving forward because you absolutely need that. Like, I think you've realized over your time and, and the success that you've had, and I've realized that without accountability, we're always just going to fall back to like, well, now I'm trying to rely on willpower. And then if willpower is not enough, well, then I'm kind of falling back to the level of my systems or to the level of my beliefs. And then we're, again, we're leaving it up to chance. And that's not, 
that's not the way that I want to leave it. So accountability is, especially when you're doing things that aren't overly comfortable, is the straw that stirs the drink. Oh, nice. Nice. I like that. All right, Gavin, my man, is there anything else that you've just discovered in the last you know, year or so working with our co- coaching clients that you think is an important lesson that I didn't ask you about today? I, I would say that this type of work doesn't discriminate. Everybody needs to do this type of work somewhere. And if, if you feel like you don't, that's probably the exact reason why you do. Yeah. Right. So a lot of our clients, and I, this was probably a flaw in my thinking, but when I first came in and I'm we're working with people who are, have great businesses on the surface, you know, they're making six, seven figures, everything looks good. And then we really dig in on, on maybe it's something not to do with work. Maybe it's something to do with work. We really dig in. We find those spots where their mindset isn't serving them. Every single person has had just huge breakthroughs when we found that. So it doesn't discriminate. You know, we all need to do this work. That's why I've realized the importance of sharing this message. Mm-hmm. And if you think you're done, that's when you're just getting started. <laughs> awesome. Listen, Gavin and I did a mindset training and it was incredibly valuable. It really helped people and it was very practical. It helped people who have done so much mindset work that, you know, it was just kind of left with uh, some esoteric stuff. It finally helped them put it all together so they were able to have huge breakthroughs. And while we're, we don't have any plans to do another one, we do have the recordings of it. So if you want access to that, if you want to go deep with Gavin on daily vibe check and all the other mindset stuff that is practical and will allow you to be successful, just drop the word mindset down below and we will let you know how you can get a copy. Until then, until the next episode uh, with Gavin, which we'll do in a couple of months, this is Craig Valentine from Early to Rise Radio, and we'll see you soon. Hey, what's up? I'm Gavin McHale. And if you enjoyed this episode, you're going to love what I have to offer you. On May 4th, 2024, myself and our resident marketing expert, Galel Fajardo, are going to be hosting a one-day workshop all about mindset and marketing in beautiful Costa Mesa, California. This is going to be an immersion into your unique story, what's holding you back, and how to use it all in your marketing message. So if you're interested in learning more, comment mindset below or send me a message on Instagram at Gavin McHale one and we'll get you all the information you need.